Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I want you to come with me in your Bibles to uh, the book of Joshua chapter 3. How many people are excited about 2024? I've got a really, really great word. Today is Shredder Sunday. It is Shredder Sunday. So you notice we've got all these shredding machines straight from Jerusalem. What? They're not? Where are they? They're from Staples. Okay. Straight from Staples. No, the, the magic is not in the shredding machine. The power is actually in the faith and the repentance that's going to take place. The faith and the repentance is going to take place. So let's have a look because, you know, I, I kind of like, I, I always find that um, where we get attacked the most is confirmation that we're over the target. And so, you know, a lot of people have a problem with, with awakening or awakened church. Everybody's good looking. Awakened church. They always preach that you're going to prosper in the God's best year. You know, in 2020, he said it's going to be your greatest year yet. And then 2021, he said the same thing. And then 2022, he said it's going to be. Yeah, and I believe it. Every single year, every single year. Well, where's the scripture for that? I'm so glad you asked. The Bible says the way of life winds upward for the righteous. The Bible says that it gets brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. Well, the Bible says that darkness and, and doom and gloom. Yeah, if you read your Bible, which we encourage, it says the darkness will cover the land. Deep darkness the people, but the Lord's uh, light shall arise and shine upon you. So while the world gets darker and more bleak and more hopeless and more helpless, the light on the dwelling of the righteous gets brighter and brighter. It's intentional. So the people in the darkness say, how come they've all got light over there and I'm living here? I want to get out of this darkness. I want some of that light. And you can point to the light of the world who is Christ and say Christ is your light. And that's how God is going to bring about an end time harvest. So I'm just saying, you don't need to take any darkness with you. You don't need to dwell in the darkness. You can dwell in the light and just let all the naysayers and the negative Nancys, let them just sit on the sideline and scoff while you live your greatest life ever. Amen? Amen. So let's have a look and see if all of that is just, just wonderful rhetoric or whether it's actually grounded in Scripture. So Joshua chapter 3, verse 1 says, Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan. And he and all the children of Israel lodged there before they crossed over. So it was, after three days, that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go. Verse 4 is very interesting. If you're underlining anything in your Bible, verse 4 is a good one to underline. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. You have not passed. You're about to walk into unfamiliar territory. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. 
Then Joshua spoke to the priest saying, take up the ark of the covenant and cross over before the people. And they took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, this day, I'm going to begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel that they may know that as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. You shall command the priests who bear the ark of the covenant saying, when you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. So Joshua said to the children of Israel, come and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, by this, you shall know that the living God is among you. He will without fail. Everyone say without fail. He will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Jebusites, the Mozzibites, the Marmites, and even the Vegemites. All the ites are getting driven out. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take for yourselves 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one, from, one man from every tribe. And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, shall be cut off. The waters that come down from upstream, they shall stand as a heap. So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before all the people. And as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan and the feet of the priests who bore the Ark dipped in the edge of the water for the Jordan overflows all of its banks during the whole time of harvest. Now watch this, verse 16, hang in there with me. It says that the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away at a place called, at a place called, at Adam. The waters stood still, rose in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zaratan. So the waters that went down into the sea of the Arabah, the salt sea failed and were cut off. And the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Then the priests who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. My assignment today is to stand in the Jordan and cut off the flow from Adam. So the title of my message today is Cutting Off the Flow from Adam. Cutting off the flow from Adam. I'm not sure if you've noticed this, but uh, before I was a Christian, I would make New Year's resolutions. I always, you know, wanted to go into a new year, not letting it be a repeat of the previous year. I always wanted to learn from the previous year and make sure that the new year was a better year than the previous year, only to find that I get to February, March, April, and I'm finding the same flipping doofus moments of the year before are with me in the new year. I'm finding the same issues, the same paradigms, the same debts, the same mindsets, the same struggles are with me in the new year. And I'm thinking I just must have done it wrong. So next year, I'm going to get a bigger list. Next year, no, you know what? I'm going to join the gym this year for next year. Only if I'm when I call up in March and I say, hey, listen, I want to cancel. And well, you've signed up for 12 months. We gave you the special rate. Yeah, but it's not working. What do you mean it's not working? Well, I haven't got a six pack and I haven't put on any muscle. And they're like, sir, sir, you got to come in. I've got to come. I'm paying 50 bucks a month and I've got to come in. You never mentioned that. At the, apparently, you have to go in there. Apparently, it only works if you, anyway. So, so every year I found that, that the, the, the year, the next year, was just a repeat cycle of the previous year. 
And the reason that that is, is because I was taking me with me. It's like an angel said in a production recently, a change of circumstances, not a change of heart. So I, I realize, oh my gosh, is there any deliverance? Is this just my lot? Am I just going to be just kind of repeat cycle, repeat cycle, repeat cycle until I met Christ, until I came to Jesus Christ and I began to realize that Jesus, God, wants to cut off the flow from Adam. The flow, for every single one of us have an Adamic flow. Well, what does that mean? It means that each and every single one of us have flowing down beyond us from our forefathers, from our parents, paternal, maternal, their parents, paternal, maternal. Your parents, 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 parents have a flow. You carry their DNA. You carry their genetics. You carry their genes in your body. But you don't just carry the DNA and the genes. The Bible says that God visits the iniquity to the children's children of the third and fourth generation. You carry iniquities, you carry bents, you carry proclivities, you carry biases, you carry curses. You also carry blessings, blessings if they live right. But both of these things are a mix and they land on you. And you may, you can, you can absolutely throw a hissy fit and say, well, it's not fair. I didn't ask to inherit this and I didn't ask to, you can do all of that. I found that that doesn't work. I found that that doesn't work. I found that, okay, I may not have asked for this inheritance, but I've inherited it anyway. But Christ gives me power. And there can be a defining moment where I can stand in the Jordan and God will cut off the flow, not just upstream, not just at the next town, not just at my parents, not just at my grandparents, not just at my great-grandparents. He'll go all the way back to deal with the very, very root of the problem. See, a lot of us, we've been clipping the branches. We've been pruning the, 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 the leaves from the tree, but we haven't dealt with the root of the problem. God goes all the way back to Adam. That's why today we're cutting off the flow from Adam. Why are we doing that? Because I want you to cross over into 2024, driving out all that is wicked, driving out all that has been compromising, all that has been limiting, all that has been trying to govern you into just a mediocre existence so that you can make 2024 your greatest year yet. So in a moment, you're going to get your, your, your shredding papers and uh, fill out stuff on there. Make a decision. Today is the day that I'm taking stuff into 2024. You may have to kiss some things goodbye. Get rid of the junk in the trunk. Just open the trunk. You might have to put, you know, be a little bit gangster, you know. And uh, just like, you know, the, the, the KGB. You ever seen that M&M's commercial where there's a little yellow peanut M&M in the, in the trunk? And they, you know, they go in and, and it's the KGB guy and he's sitting at, at the table and they get his coat on, he walks out and he opens the trunk and the little peanut M&M's looking up at him and he says in Russian, he says, you know what we're going to do to you? And the little peanut M&M says, you know, I, I, can't, I can't understand a word you're saying. He says, which means we're going to cut you into little pieces. And the little peanut M&M just looks around and goes, hey, I got no idea what you're saying, but count me in. And, uh, and then the, 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 the mafia guy goes, uh, peanut M&M's for everybody. And they spring it on their ice cream. Sometimes you just got to go to the whatever's in the trunk. And you got to open that trunk and you got to look at whatever's the junk in the trunk and you got to say, I'm going to be cutting you into little pieces. You ain't coming with me into 2024. Somebody say amen. All right. So let me throw a few quick thoughts in just a few moments that we have. First thing I need you to understand is this. 
Joshua says, when you see the priests bearing the ark, when you see the priests bearing the ark of the covenant, I thought that's interesting. He didn't just say when you see the priests go before you. When you see those who are, you know, got the title, the garments, the, the dress of a priest. He says, oh, when you see the priests bearing the ark, I do believe we need more churches, but I also believe that we need more churches that carry the power of God. That carry the power of God. You're the smartest people in all of San Diego. Because at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning on New Year's Eve, you came to the house of God to hear a word from God that you know is unlike the words of the world. The world tries to turn over a new leaf only to find the wind changes and the leaf turns back over again or just blows it away completely. You know that you don't need a new leaf. You need a new life. And that the source of all new life is in God because He's the one who can cut off the flow from Adam. The Bible says, he says, when you see the priests bearing the ark, follow them. You are wise to pursue a church and a house where you see the power of God move, where you see God's miraculous, where you see God's supernatural, where you see God's deliverance, where you see God's power, where you see God's healing, where you see God bring transformation to life, where you see God bring breakthrough. That's why Arise Nights of Fire is so important. You know, I know people say, well, you know, we shouldn't follow signs and wonders. Yeah, Signs and wonders follow us is what they say. And signs and wonders do follow us. But the reason they follow us is for those that don't have signs and wonders following them, they follow the signs and wonders. And when they catch the signs and wonders, they get to us. And then when they get to us, they become us by, through Christ. And then signs and wonders follow them so that the people without Christ see the signs and wonders and they follow the signs and wonders and they wonder, what are these signs for? And then they come into Christ. That's what the point is. So you are actually meant to follow some signs and wonders. You are actually meant to say, man, I can't wait for Mike Maynard. I can't wait for Lance Wall now. I can't wait for Rex Gray. I can't wait for Arise Nights of Fire. I'm signing up for Emerge Pastor. I'm signing up for Emerge because this year is not going to be like the years before. This year is going to be the greatest year of my life. I'm signing up for, make, make 2024, your greatest year. Sign up now. Determine now you're going to build your life around power encounters with God. Can somebody say amen? amen. But then it says this. It's very interesting, Pastor Charles. It says <clears throat> in verse 4, yet there shall be a space between you and the ark, between you and the power, between you and the priest carrying the ark. There shall be a space. Don't come near it. There'll be about 2,000 cubits that you may know the way that you should go. And as I read that, I thought, man, I, 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 don't, I don't understand that. What are, you, what are you trying to say, Holy Spirit? And he said to me, isn't it interesting? He says, the people that you found the most difficult to lead and they always end up in a ditch are the God told me people. The people that don't recognize the gap, they don't recognize the distance between the priests that bear the out. He's not saying, hey, I want you to, you know, respect and honor the priests just because they wear a priestly robes or they have a priestly title, have a look at what they bear, the burden they bear, what they carry. Well, you know, God can speak to me. Absolutely. And God does speak to you. Absolutely. God does speak to you. But if you can recognize it's not about God speaking to you, it's about what God has appointed and God has anointed. The, the assumption, I meet people all the time, well, God told me, God told me, and their life is a mess, is a mess, is a mess. What am I meant to do? They sit with me, hey, pastor, can I have an hour? And they tell me for an hour what God told me. What am I meant to say? <laughs> Why would you listen to him? What does he know? You should listen. I mean, as if I'm smarter than God. I, I have leaders over me. I don't go to them, well, God told me this and God told me. I'm, I'm, it's a dishonor to them. Unteachable is unreachable. Even if I know that God has spoken to me, I'll always throw it out before 
the, the people that have leadership over my life and say, man, I'm thinking this, I'm thinking that. And, uh, and I've always found that they'll confirm whether it's from God or they'll challenge what I thought I heard from God, but it was just too much pizza the night before. A good old margarita pizza will do that to you. And he says this, he says that you may know the way by which you will go. It's almost like there's something, when you dishonor leadership, when you dishonor godly leadership, you, you lose your way. That you may know the way that you go. When you keep distance, when you keep reverence, when you keep honor for leadership. I don't like awakened church. Have you seen they, they stand for people when they get up? Yeah, because in this house, we don't just honor the word of God, but we honor the men and the women who labor to bring us the word from God. We honor... We honor not just the word, we honor the vessels that carry and labor in the word because we know the burden that they bear to, to feed on a Sunday. And God has blessed us. If you, when you get to heaven, you will notice that heaven is a place of extreme honor. The Bible says there are 24 elders sitting on 24 uh, thrones with 24 crowns. And the Bible says that they cast their crowns before the Lamb. They cast their crown, they're honoring Him, saying, blessing and honor, glory and power under Him, the Lamb that sitteth on the throne. Heaven is, is, no matter which direction you look, you look in this direction and the cherubim are on their faces saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. In every direction when you look in heaven, it is filled with honor. Our assignment is on earth as it is in heaven. The earth is filled with a Luciferic spirit, which is a spirit of dishonor. Dishonor will never do you well. Honor always goes well. And then it says this. It says, because the place where you are going, the place where the Lord is taking to you is unfamiliar to you. Unfamiliar to you. Unfamiliar. If you look at the etymology, the etymology of the word unfamiliar, un, to disconnect, familiar, family. There, there's, a, there's a disconnection that you've got to recognize because every single one of us live under the paradigms of what has been passed down through our familial lines. You know, money doesn't grow on trees. Life's difficult. You know, California's expensive. We've never owned a home. Hey, it's just, you know, good to... Whatever those mindsets are, you need to understand where God wants to take you requires you recognizing that God, to take you to the unfamiliar, He has to unfamiliar you. He has to bring a disconnect. That's why the Bible says, for this man shall a, 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 a man leave his mother and his father and cleave to his wife and the two shall become one for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother there's 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 got to be a leaving and a cleaving because there's a regenerating and there's a renewing and there's a reestablishing of something new that God wants to do God had to say to Abraham get out of your house away from your father away from your country out of your family to go to a land of that I'm going to show you, and there I will make of you a great nation. In other words, if you stay, I can't do. But if you'll leave, then I can do something great. There's stuff you've got to let go of. There's stuff that has been 
been troubling you and there's stuff that's been plaguing you and there's stuff that's been limiting you and there's stuff that's been following you generation after generation, year after year, cycle after cycle. It's time to break the cycles. It's time to finish those paradigms and walk into something that is unfamiliar. If someone would have taken a photo of me today on the when I got saved, January 1986, and said, hey, this is what your future looks like, I would have said, you have been smoking crack through a crack pipe and you need to run because the cops are going to arrest you because there's no way that could be the reality. But this is what I found is God wants your life to be so unfamiliar that as you trace it back, it doesn't even logically make sense. How can how can the trajectory had to change so many times so abruptly to get me to hear? And you will find it's always consistent with obedience and repentance. Obedience and repentance. Obedience and repentance. Joshua even says, hey, repent this day. Sanctify yourselves today, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Sanctify yourselves today. The, whole, the Holy Spirit will always get you to repent of something today. That's why I love church. That's why I love the Word of God. That's why I'm in the Word every day. The Word of God is so clever. There's a beautiful scripture in the Bible that says, remove your foot from evil. It doesn't say make sure your foot avoids evil. It says, remove your foot from evil. I'm like, gosh darn it, I didn't think anybody was looking. God. It's like, God, you got me again. The Holy Spirit says, sanctify yourselves today for tomorrow. The Lord is going to do wonders among you. The devil says, whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa. Tomorrow is no guarantee. But today you can have another hit. Today you can have another little stash. Today you can. Are you sure you want to live without what I bring you? So many of us, we sacrifice the wonders that God wants to bring tomorrow because we won't sanctify today. Today when you hear His voice, the Bible says, today do not harden your hearts. Today is the day. I have found that if you look back over my life, every moment of repentance, every moment of disconnecting my foot from evil, every moment of repenting of things, little stashed things, little hidden things, has always resulted in God doing something wonderful. That's what that's where we get the word wonders. God is going to do wonders for you. You can't have wonderful without the word wonder. God wants to do something wonderful. There is no sin. The devil can offer you that is worth trading for the wonders of God. You will have a Homer Simpson moment when you get to heaven. Don't! When you realize what God had for you and you traded it for some dumb sin. Make a decision today. I ain't trading God's wonders for some dumb sin. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now watch this. The Bible says that the waters, the waters stopped all the way back to Adam. The name Adam literally means man in the Bible. And if, if, you, if you have a look at... Um, Romans chapter 5 in the Amplified Version. I, I love this, this translation the most. Romans chapter 5 in the Amplified version, version, verse 12. Excuse me. Here we go. Is it coming up? Romans 5. It's behind me. Let me just read it from behind me. It says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, Adam, pointing fingers at you, and death through sin, so death spread to all people, no one being able to stop it, or escape its power because everybody sinned. Verse two, uh, verse 13, excuse me. Sin was committed in the world before the law was given, but sin is not cha- charged against anyone when there is no law against it. Next verse. 
Yet death ruled over mankind from Adam to Moses, who was the lawgiver, even over those who had not sinned as Adam did. Adam is a type of him, Christ, who was to come. But in reverse, Adam brought destruction. Christ brought salvation. So the Bible calls Jesus Christ the second Adam. So this is what God is wanting to do. He wants to get our attention. He wants you to know that that when you're crossing over, He's not just taking the children of Israel into a land flowing with milk and honey. He's not going to take them into just their promised land, their possessions, a land that He has reserved, a land that He has watched over. He says, I'm not just going to do that. He says, you need to understand if unless I, I... cut off the flow from Adam, unless I go all the way back to the very, very root, you're going to ruin the promises of God. You're going to ruin because you're going to take you with you, with your limited, with your dysfunctional, with your jacked up, messed up self. You're going to go into there and you're going to, so I've got to deal with the root. I've got to go all the way back to Adam. Now the Bible says that Adam, sin, was by Zaratan. Zaratan is the city and Zaratan means this, it, it, it literally means stronghold or fortress. So you'll find that from Adam, the, the sin, the iniquity, the destruction, curses create strongholds in our life. And it, the name Zaratan also means they vex or oppression, tribulation, perplexity, piercing, penetrating. So there's stuff that is flowing down, that is flowing down from Adam through the sinful nature that Jesus Christ came to cut off. That's why he hung on a cross. He broke the power of sin. He canceled it out. He canceled out sin. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things pass away. Behold, all things have become new. The Bible says, Jesus saying this, he says, those who believe in me, even though he dies, Yet shall shall he live. Death no longer has power over us. That's why Romans says, or 1 Corinthians, excuse me, 15 says, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Death has been conquered through Jesus Christ. Sin has been conquered. Death has been conquered. Every curse broken in the name of Jesus. Now watch this. This is very important. I was in another, I was in Idaho and, and there was a guy that came from another church, and he's like, hey, you know, at, at Awakened Church, you guys preach that, you know, curses have to be broken, you have to pray for it. I thought Jesus broke all the curses. I'm like, yes, exactly, well done. Jesus broke all the curses. Every curse has been broken. Yeah, then how come my life's still jacked up? Exactly. Because the devil is evil, and evil doesn't do what is right. All right. Satan had to be cast out of heaven. He didn't leave voluntarily because to leave voluntarily would be the right thing to do. He doesn't do the right thing because that's called righteous. He is evil. That's why when Jesus came to the earth, he had to drive out demons. Why do you have to drive out? Because they don't leave voluntarily. Every curse has been broken, but because they're demons, they will embed themselves. They will try to remain. You have to physically drive them out. That's why God said to Joshua, this is how you'll know that I'm with you, and I will not without fail. Without fail, I will drive out. I will drive out. I will drive out. I will drive out. Evil has to be thrown out. You have to, that's why we have Shredder Sunday. Because I want you to recognize, let the Holy Ghost go on a a tour with you and let the Holy Ghost say, this needs to go, this needs to go, this needs to go. Break this, break agreements, break alignments with this. See, God is a God of covenants and agreements. If you make an agreement, I'll never prosper. You make an agreement, man, I'm such a doofus. 
man, I, I'm such a loser. I was the cause of my first divorce and I don't deserve love. Well, well God can't bless you because you've made an agreement. You have to break agreements. He gave you a mouth. Your mouth is at its most powerful when it's an amen. Your mouth is at its most powerful when it's an amen. All right, you, you give me that kind of partly cloudy look. Jesus whooped the devil three times in the wilderness. Three times, three times in the wilderness. Every single time it was through an amen. Never said anything new. Never said anything and nobody ever heard. He just said, hey, devil, it is written. Hey, devil, it is written. Hey, devil, it is written. Three times Jesus said, it is written. It is written. It is written. All he did was he put his, when you put your amen with the word of God, you produce the word of God. You release its power in your life. But if you put your amen with what the doctor said, what the economist said, or with what a demon says, a demon says you're hopeless, you're no good, you are the cause of the, the train wreck of your life, you are the one, you are the one. This is what the Apostle Paul said. He said, one thing, one thing. Now, when the Apostle Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, says there's one thing I do, it's probably good to lean in. He says, one thing I do, forgetting. Forgetting that which is past, I press forward to lay hold of that which has laid hold of me. Paul knew that he murdered the church. He, he killed people. He, he says, but you know, there's one thing I do. I, I have to forget what is behind because I've got to break alignments with the, what alignments, what agreements have you come into? Break them today. Don't take them into 2020. There is nothing the devil tells you that is worth coming to alignment with. Yeah, but, he, but, he, but he's right. He's right. I, 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 I'm, the, I'm the initiator of my addiction. He, he, he's right. I'm, I'm the transgressor of God's laws. I'm telling you, don't come into alignment with the devil. Come into alignment with the Word of God. The Bible said it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. The Bible says, why were we yet sinners? Christ died for us. Nobody is worthy. But God makes everybody worthy by the fact that He hung on a cross when he hung on a cross, he's saying, this is how much you are worth. Your worth. In real estate, they have a saying that something is only worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. Something's only worth what someone's willing to pay for it. God says, you know how much you're worth? I'll trade my life for yours. Don't come into alignments with the devil. Make a decision today. I'm breaking every alignment. I'm breaking every agreement with the devil. Devil, I recognize you today, and I'm telling you, I'm kicking the junk out of the trunk. I'm going to chop you into little pieces. I ain't taking you with me, and I'm driving you out. Now, this is what the devil wants to do. He wants to be in your boat sailing across New Year's Eve into 2024. So what he's done, he's got into one of the lifeboats. And he may, shh. No one needs to know about our little secret sin. Shh, just between you and me. Go there, rip the thing up, grab him, take him and say, hasta la vista, hasta mañana, hasta luego, and kick him out and say, let the door hit you where the good Lord split you, devil. Drive him out, kick him out. And the Bible says that the waters failed. The waters failed all the way to the Arabah. The Arabah literally means, uh, Arabah means uh, deserted, means nomadic, means desert, means dry, means wilderness. 
if your life's been desert, dry, nomadic, wandering, that's where God wants to, to break its power. The word Jordan means that which descends, that which flows down fl- from or flows down through. Today, God wants to break the Adamic flow. He wants to break the flow of, of through Christ, of iniquity, of sin, of generational curses, of generational bondset, uh, bondages, of generational mindsets, generational paradigms. Don't leave the same way you came in. Make a decision. Come on, stand away. If I'm going to invite Pastor Charles to come back up. But I want you just to stand to your feet today. And I know it's hard to write when you're standing on your feet, so Charles is going to figure it out. Maybe you need to sit down again. But I just want you to just take a moment just under the anointing. I feel the anointing here. I'm quoting Scripture. I'm trying to do my my best. I know it feels a little bit rushed. But I just want you to, to hear the Word of the Lord today. God showed me this many, many years ago in our church. And probably one of the great testimonies of Awakened Church is people say that the life that I'm living is beyond what I dreamed or hoped. This is not, this is not just fictitious or fantasy. It's a reality. It's a reality. It's a reality. But I found that if I can cut off my past, I can release a great future. We live in San Diego where we see those beautiful balloons right around sunset flying. To go up, they've got to cut off. They've got to disconnect from the ground in order to be able to go up and soar into the sky and see that magnificent sunset, see that glorious. God has something beautiful. He has something majestic for you, but it requires a disconnect, disconnect from the things of the past, a disconnect from the old. Would you lift your hands high to heaven? Heavenly Father, I thank you for freedom. I thank you for deliverance. And I prophesy and I declare that the Lord has stopped The Lord has cut off the waters from Adam. I declare every generational curse broken. I declare every generational paradigm mindset that is incongruent with the Word of God or with the promises of God are cut off and broken. And I declare freedom and deliverance for these beautiful people. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.